0: Hello and welcome to my weekly sermon podcast. My name is David Hansen and I serve as the pastor of St. John Lutheran Church of Prairie Hill. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America located just outside of Brenham, Texas. On Sunday, June 23rd, we continued in our sermon series on Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia called Galatians Radically Free, Radically Bound. This week we read and, and talked about Galatians, chapter three, verses one through nine and eleven. To learn more about our congregation, please visit us at stjohnprairiehill.org. dot org. That's stjohnprairiehill.org. John dot org. And also feel free to connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rev David H. As I record the intro to this week's sermon, I'm taking a break with my family from the Texas heat and cooling off in Minnesota. I hope this summer you are also able to find time for family, time for rest, and time for Sabbath. And no matter where in the world you are when you listen to this sermon, know that I am praying for you today. Thank you and please enjoy this week's sermon. We are reading through and studying through the book of Galatians. If you would like to read along this morning, uh, we're moving into the third chapter of the book of Galatians, and you'll find it on page 166 of the New Testament in the green pew Bibles uh, in front of you. Paul writes to the Galatians You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing that I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Having started with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing. Well then... Does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law? Or is it by your believing what you have heard? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so, you see, those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, All the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Now then it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith. This is the word of the Lord. You ever get in a conversation with someone and you just know that you're in over your head? right? My brother is a chemist. He's not just a chemist. My brother went to MIT. And at MIT he got his PhD in organic chemistry and he now works in pharmaceuticals. And so I'll call my brother and we'll sit down and we'll talk. And He'll ask what I'm doing and I'll tell him what I'm doing. He's president of the Lutheran congregation that he and his family are members of. And he follows along just fine. Then I'll ask what he's doing at work these days, and he'll begin to tell me. And he'll talk for five or ten minutes, and I'll sit there, and I'll smile, and I'll nod. And the conversation will end, and I'm still smiling, and I'm still nodding, and I have no idea what he has said to me. I sometimes feel like that when I wade in and wrestle with Paul. right? That Paul is just so far over my head those of you who are joining us for the first time today, we've been reading through this book of Galatians. And in the first few chapters, we saw that Paul was not entirely happy with these people, with these these churches, these Christians in Galatia, that there's some conflict going on between Paul, who, who proclaims God's grace and that the Gentiles can come as they are, and these other preachers who say that No, in fact, these Gentiles have to first become good Jews that they have to obey the law in order to then become Christians. But today, Paul really gets in it. Paul gets red in the face. I mean, like, pounding on the pulpit mad. You foolish Galatians, he says. Who has bewitched you? And as Paul gets red in the face and he really gets going, he falls back on his favorite story. You ever notice from time to time that Your pastor will tell the same stories sometimes on Sunday morning. That the same illustrations will show up again and again. And a lot of my sermons, you know, sometimes they do sound a little similar. Well, I'm not alone in that. And Paul does the same thing. Paul falls back on, when he really gets going, the story of Abraham. And for Paul, because it's so ingrained on him. You know, this is where he gets over my head. This story of Abraham is just a part of who he is. He lives and breathes this story. And so it comes to him immediately, this story from Genesis 15. In fact, he quotes Genesis 15, he quotes it here in Galatians, and he quotes it again in Romans. So, I mean, this shows up over and over again. He comes back to this story of Abraham. We remember this story from Genesis 15. The story goes that, that God calls Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldeans and he travels with his family with his wife Sarai and they go off to this new land called Canaan, Palestine and they settle there. And Abraham, Abram and his wife Sarai, they grow old in this place and they have no kids. And God says to them, "Look, I'm going to make out of you a great people." And Abram says, "Look, I'm old. Look, my wife, hey, she's old. We've been trying. There's nothing here." And God shows up and comes to Abram in Genesis 15. And Abram says, Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. We've been working at it. There's no kids. And the Lord says, look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. This is Genesis 15, verse 5. Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he... Abram believed the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Sound familiar, right? That's the same line that Paul quotes today in Galatians, that Abram believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. This is the key aspect here for Paul that he's going to come back to again and again as the gospel. right? As we've been reading through Galatians, you'll notice right, we stayed sitting for the whole time. That took us a while to get used to. Because normally when I get up in the pulpit and I read the lesson, we all stand up because we're reading what? The gospel. We stand up because we're reading the gospel. It actually would be pretty good if we stood up for the reading of Paul, too. Because what Paul is going to say is that the gospel doesn't just show up in the gospels. That the gospel shows up in the book of Genesis. Paul says it that God declared the gospel beforehand to Abram. That this Bit that we hear from Abraham, that Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness, is the gospel. Not just in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but there in Genesis. And again in Galatians, and it shows up in other places as well, in Leviticus and all those family stories and genealogies and numbers that we generally shift skip right over, right? You find the gospel over and over again, not just in the gospels. And so Paul wants us to find this gospel everywhere that we look, that Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Or rather, Abraham trusted the Lord and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. You see, it works kind of like this. Some of you may have seen this picture before. This is a a man named Charles Bluden. And that's Niagara Falls, or the Niagara River anyway. And Charles Bluden went over the Niagara River numerous times on this tightrope. He went over once by himself, and then he went over with a wheelbarrow to show he could do that. And then he came back to the other side, and he grabbed his manager. he put his manager on his back. Now, I don't care who you are. If you are his manager, 10% doesn't cover that. That guy was not paid enough. And he took him over on his back and carried him across. No thank you. But here's the deal. That manager had one job as he rode across to trust in the guy that was carrying him. And the best way to trust in the guy that was carrying him was to do nothing. To do absolutely nothing. If they started to waver one way or the other, and he tried to correct from sitting on the guy's back, they would fall. They would be in the river. The more nothing that the manager did, the better off he was. Say that again. The more nothing that he did, the better off he was. That's trust. That's what trust looks like. And trust very often means, as we encounter God, learning how it is that we can do a little bit more nothing. And a little bit less trying to fix it all ourselves. And Abraham trusted in the Lord. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness. See, as we approach God We tend to approach God. We tend to approach faith. We tend to approach the church. We tend to approach the Bible with one basic question. And that question is this. Am I good enough? Have I done enough? Do I have enough in the good column, the God column, to outweigh the stuff in the bad column? Can I earn enough of God's favor Can I follow, in in Paul's case in Galatia, can I follow the right set of laws so that God will love me enough? This is often our question, right? And if it's not our question about ourselves, it's our question about everyone else. Are they good enough? Do they deserve it? And so this is the question that we approach it with. But I don't think that this is Paul's question and I don't think that it's Scripture's question. And I'm going to take you back into Genesis one more time. And listen to this. And he believed the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he believed the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as faithfulness. Same word. He reckoned it to him as faithfulness. Here's my sneaking suspicion about Abraham and God. I think that this story is less about God declaring Abraham righteous. And more about Abraham saying that God is faithful. More about Abraham saying that God is faithful. Let me read it to you one more time. Because this is all pronouns. And when you replace the pronouns, you can say that Abraham believed the Lord, trusted in the Lord. And Abraham reckoned it to the Lord as faithfulness. That is, everything in Abraham's experience said that he was not going to have a kid. Everything. And as he went out into the world, he had no reason to believe that it was going to turn out that he would have numerous descendants. And yet, God said, You will have numerous descendants. And Abraham said, God is faithful. Even though the world doesn't look like it, God is faithful. Even though the world tries to convince me otherwise, God is faithful. Even though the world seems to be against me and seems to be going in the other direction, God is faithful. And no matter what you or I or anyone else does, God is faithful. And I think that that is the real question of Scripture. Not am I good enough, but can God be trusted? That's the question Abraham wants to answer. That's the question that Paul wants to answer. Can God be trusted? And they both answer with a resounding yes. Abraham reckoned it to God as faithfulness. A resounding yes. Because we will hear promises to Addison today here in the waters of Holy Baptism. Promises that she is God's beloved daughter. Promises that God will never abandon her no matter where she goes, no matter what she does. And the question for her life, the question for your life and my life is, is God faithful to those promises? Even when the world doesn't look like it. Even when the world doesn't feel like it. Even when I don't feel like it. Even when I'm faithless. Even when I'm not good enough. Even when I don't trust enough. Is God faithful? I think scripture's answer is a resounding Yes. Paul quotes one other piece of scripture at the very end of this reading. Paul says, in verse 11, that it is evident that no one was justified by God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith, or faithfulness. Again, the one who is righteous will live by faithfulness. And this is another one of those verses that Paul comes back to again and again. It's from Habakkuk, which is the prophet that I love the most because it's the most fun to say. Habakkuk, uh, the second chapter. Uh, And Paul quotes it in the beginning of the book of Romans as well. And this was the verse that haunted Martin Luther. The one who is righteous will live by faithfulness. And Luther said, Well, I'm up a creek. I'm not righteous, nor am I particularly faithful. But as Paul is quoting this, I'll show you one of my favorite Bibles. This Bible is called the Septuagint. You don't need to remember that, but it's called the Septuagint. And the interesting thing about this Bible is this is probably the Bible that Paul used. And it's a Greek translation of the Old Testament. And when you turn to Habakkuk, the second chapter, and you read this, it's God speaking. And it reads like this. The one who is righteous will be saved by my faithfulness. Say that again. This is God speaking. The one who is righteous will be saved by my faithfulness. The central proclamation is God is faithful. We can trust God. The one who is righteous will trust in God's faithfulness. Not in you or in me or how the world appears. The lesson Kelly read for us from the Gospel of Luke, there's this guy who's possessed and, 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 and he's saved not by anything he does, but rather by... Who Jesus is. Jesus comes and and he sets him free. He redeems him. Literally sets him free, right? Looses him from chains. That's what that word redeems means. Redeems him. Sets him free from his chains. And the guy does what any of us would do. He says, hey, I want to follow Jesus. One of the most interesting stories in the Bible. And Jesus says, no. Don't follow me. No, don't follow me. Instead, go home and tell everyone how much God has done for you. Go home and tell everyone that God is faithful. Go home and tell everyone that God can be trusted. Go home. That's it. God is faithful. And that's the promise to you as well. No matter where life takes you. No matter where you go. No matter what happens. No matter how hard it gets. No matter how trying it gets. No matter how much you struggle. No matter how much you doubt or your faith struggles. No matter what God is and will remain faithful. So go home. Go home and tell everyone how much God has done for you.